You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Welcome, 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 friends. I'm TK, your tour guide to the past, and you are listening to For the Love of History, the podcast where we talk about world history, women's history, weird history, and today, vulgar history, because we have a special guest, Anne, from Vulgar History Podcast. Yay! Welcome, Anne! Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited to to get to nerd out about history with you. Me too! So uh, I like to just jump right in. Who are we talking about today? So today we're talking about Fulon Devi, who is known as the Bandit Queen of India. What? Okay. Yeah. Have you looked up anything or um, like, is this all going to be new information to you? Okay. It's all going to be absolutely new information to me. I like to come in blind so I can have natural reactions. (laughs) No, that's the best way. Oh, my cat is literally here. I warned you she'd be here and she is here. I love it. It's totally fine. Yeah. When I was researching for this, I was just like, oh, I'll just listen to see what other podcasts have talked about her. And like Mm -hmm. almost none have. I'm like, people are talking about the story. It's an incredible story. It's a feminist story. There's like every content warning possible for like sexual assault throughout. So like before. Okay. Yeah. So I read. um, So I'll talk about this a bit towards the end. But Fulan Devi herself, um, she wrote an autobiography, so that's the main thing I read because a lot of other people told her story for her, but I was like, I want to see like in her own words, like what yeah, what she says happens. So I just yeah. need to like this is a 20th century story. Like she's born in 1963. Ooh. So yeah. yeah, and this is a story, it was suggested to me for my podcast, but I don't really do that recent. Like I don't do 20th century, yeah. I don't do 21st century. So I was like and then when I got the opportunity to be on your show, I was like, oh, I can, like, tell the story I want to tell. So yes. even though it, it's, like, 1963, it's it could take place in – it's a very timeless story because uh, mm-hmm. she was incredibly poor in India. So oh. briefly, I'm going to explain, like, the caste system in India because it's context that really explains a lot about what happens to her. Something like 3,000 years ago. The caste mm-hmm. system was implemented. So it divided wow. Hindu people into four main categories. And they were based on who they were in their past life, their karma, and basically what family they were from. And you can't change that. It's like you're born into one of these castes and that is it for you. Uh, the system determines where you can live, what job you can have, who you can speak to, like what human rights you might have. So, Oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's intense. And it's like still, especially in like rural areas in India, like a big thing still mm-hmm. today. So there's four four main castes, which are divided into like thousands of subcasts, And it's just like really important. Like what caste are you from? And Fula Devi was born. So there's the four castes. And then she's like below the bottom one. So it's like what? people who don't have a caste. Like they're so. Are those called, I might be totally wrong, the untouchables? Is that what? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So you might have heard of them as the Untouchables, um, a word that I think that this group of people has sort of like created for themselves or like that they prefer mm-hmm. is um, Dalit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so, but basically, yeah. So it's like, here's your caste system, boom, 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 boom. And then it's like, and underneath all of that, it's like these people. So yeah. they were completely shunned from society. They were forbidden to live among people of the higher castes. And they were just, and of them, <laughs> the, at the bottom of that pile is like women of that caste. <sighs> Oh, my God. And that's where she's from. So when I say like she was born in 1963, it's like it feels like the events of her life, especially early on. It's like that she could have been born in like the year, I don't know, you know, like 1203. Like she's living yeah. in a small village. Like her life is completely just controlled by these this caste system. The opposite of what you think for the 1960s. No, exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's a part towards the end of the story when she's like in her 20s and she decides someone approaches her to be like do you want to write an autobiography she was like what's a book like she had never encountered the concept of <gasps> a book so yeah so like let alone what? yeah like not just like she hadn't heard of whatever i don't know electricity and tvs but it's like the, the yeah, concept right? of a book i just never She'd never heard of a book yeah like this is like what was going on so <laughs> just to really set the scene okay wow all right yeah so she was born she's one of five siblings four girls and one boy which is like the reverse of what you want in that situation because the girls are like they cost money you have to like give a dowry and stuff only her brother was able to be educated she and her sisters were not and are for the course basically yeah so she was illiterate for her whole life like when i say she wrote her autobiography she like dictated it and someone wrote it down and she like listened to a recording and approved the pages and stuff but like that didn't hold her back (gasps) as you'll see good for her good for her no exactly and that's why i feel like it was important to read the autobiography because it's like her words even though she didn't like technically write yeah Um, yeah. yeah, so her family, they're basically farmers, they're growing chickpeas, stuff like that. And so her father's brother was evil, and his son, who was her cousin, was just, like, the villain of this story. So they were all, like, from this, like, low, low sub-caste category, but her evil cousin and uncle were, like, a bit above because they were just, like, scheming and, like... They had a bit more money. So they like stole the money or they stole the land from her father so that they could like farm on that land. Mm. So the father, he was too poor. He couldn't sue them or anything. So they're just like, this sucks. Human garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, there's a quote. I don't know if I have it here, but Fulan Debbie said something like um, even stray dogs were treated with more respect. But she grew up. And what I think is impressive is the fact that she was growing up like later on. She's like, what is... India like oh there's a country like she's just like this is the village this is where I live like her whole world was so small but even within that without having like role models or whatever she had this huge like this sense of justice and just like she could tell she just like sensed Mm. she knew that like this is not right like the way the world is it's just like this is fucked up I'm not gonna stand for it like when she was a girl she was like 10 years old she went onto the land that her evil cousin had stolen and she just like chilled in the land she's like went there sat down she's just like eating some chickpeas just like hanging out and they're like what are you doing she's like (laughs) it's our land actually (laughs) leave me alone with my chickpeas yeah no exactly so she's like 10 years old like she had this like her spirit like her personality and you'll see this throughout like she was just like the sense of justice and injustice and like standing mm-hmm. up for herself it's like where did this come from in this world that she grew up oh in gosh. it's yeah baffling anyway so she was ordered to leave obviously she did not um and then she did not leave until they threw a brick at her and she uh was knocked out and taken away what yeah they literally had to drag her yeah off like of the 10 field. years old the land i guess yeah 
10 years old. Oh my, that's crazy because I, I teach 10 year olds right mm-hmm. now. I'm a fourth grade teacher. So imagining somebody just like throwing a brick at one of my students and physically dragging them off of their own place is that is heart-wrenching that's awful. yeah and it's like Why? Her, her family right and then there's another situation yeah. where her evil cousin slash uncle came and so her family they had a tree that was basically mm-hmm. like it had been planted by her grandfather and they were gonna like make money by like selling the wood from the tree but her evil cousin came chopped down the tree so he could like turn that into more farmland for himself she stood up against him for that as well like in both of these times she was brought in front of like the village council to be like she was like talking out of order or whatever but she just like her sense of justice like her sense of just like right and wrong was like so solid, even as she was surrounded by like a society that was not gaslighting, but just like was always telling yeah. her like, no, you don't deserve anything, basically. Rights of a human being. Yeah. Oh so then God. like, again, I mentioned like all of the content warnings. So she's 11 years old and she is married to a man who's age like 35. Married? Yeah. Married to a man? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, this is like, it's a rough story. And it's a rough story. Like, I'm not going to be like, but, but it's like, it's a rough story. But this is just like showing that her like strength of character. It was agreed, like she's 11. So they're like, okay, they're married, Mm -hmm. but like you won't go, she won't go to live with him for three years. Like until Mm -hmm. she's whatever, still a teenager, but not like 11. Um, But the guy was like, okay, yeah. But after the marriage, he was like, actually, like, I'm going to like take her with me now. Um, And he did. What? Yeah. And so he did. He, like, assaulted her. Um, she writes about this in, like, the opening of her memoir. And it, anyway, she basically ran away and went back home. Um, and But then she was brought back to go there. What also I want to mention about, like, her life story is, like, she was growing up and mm-hmm. just, like, living this, like, life. She wasn't, like, writing yeah. in a diary, like, this happened, this happened. Her autobiography is kind of her, it's sort of, like, stream of consciousness. So with some of the yeah. stuff I read said, like, she lived with this, like, old man husband for three years. But in her book, it almost seems like she was just there for, like, a couple weeks. And it's, but, like, who knows? Yeah. She wasn't, like, maintaining a long-term memory. No one who was around was, like, yeah. recording what she did. So right? we just know. The didn't know what a book was. No, so. no, exactly. So she... Eventually, she was back at her home. Like, she was able – she left him, but this was, like, disgraceful. Like, no other man would take her as a wife, which is just sort of, like – As an 11-year-old. Yeah. So the years go by. Now she's – Oh, my God. She's 16. um, And she's now seen as, like, you know, old, old news, old spinster, (laughs) 16. Who wants to marry her? 16-year-old spinster. Gross. No, and more kind of, like, a disgrace, like, whore, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Then she heard that another marriage to another awful man was being planned. And so she ran away to be with her sister Good for her. in another village. But meanwhile, the evil cousin, I didn't put his name in here because like, fuck him. But it's all you need to know yeah. is just like her fucked up cousin who's just sucks. So he absolutely no more press for that man. No, he doesn't need anyone to know his name. So mm-hmm. he, I think he had like arranged this. I think he'd arranged the first marriage and then I think he arranged the second marriage. And so when she ran away, she was, just, he's just like, fuck her. Um, and so he mm-hmm. kind of made some like fake charges to have her arrested for theft. What? And so she was arrested for like a theft that she didn't do because she like literally wasn't in that village. She's in jail. Yeah. She's like assaulted by all of the guards. Um <gasps> And then she's returned back to her village where she's now treated as even more of, like, a whore, like... 
a social an outcast. Pariah. Yeah, like within oh this community God. where like everyone, I don't know if it's like because everyone is in this like low, low, low caste situation, yeah. but like they're all struggling for like any bit of like power or influence. And she's, yeah, like it's just, it was easy for them to just sort of be like, oh, she's like, I'm better than her at least, basically. Yeah. Oh my God, to feel better about themselves, even though she's like, what? A teenager, 16, 17, yeah. 18 at this point. Oh my God. Yeah. No. It's- I, <laughs> I didn't real I didn't think I was gonna be this angry at like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so mad right now. So we're just like setting the scene oh, for like like remember I said she like became known as like the bandit queen of India. So like she's gonna have her yeah. like glow up is coming. Uh I need that. Yeah, she's back in her village. She's sixteen years old. <laughs> living through all this shit um and a gang of okay so a group of men came looking for her and at first she's like are you the police because they're like dressed like police which in that era was just kind of like khakis and like a shirt and they were like no actually they're basically hired kidnappers <gasps> by her cousin um that fucking guy <laughs> i know it's just like i think this is the last thing he does in the story like he's just like literally mustache twirling oh. villain like who is worse than him I think in um yeah in her biography there's pictures of people and at first I'm like oh who's that handsome guy and I'm like it's the cousin no. <laughs> bleach my eyes <laughs> I take back exactly how I could said. I have even thought that yeah exactly so these guys so they're they're basically like mercenaries they're like mm-hmm. bandits so the word that they use is Deloitte's. Deloitte's. I'm just gonna say okay. bandits yeah. because that is an English word that I know yeah but like they're just kind of like they were lots of sort of like land pirates mm. is the vibe. Like they're just kind of like going around community to community, just kind of like doing whatever yeah. for whoever pays them. And so the gang had like a caste differences even within the bandits. Mm-hmm. There was like lower caste and higher caste people in the gang. And the leader was from a higher up caste. And he's like, oh, like they might hired basically, I think just to kidnap her because the cousin was like, I hate her. Anyway, so the leader of the gang was like a higher caste guy and he was just like, okay, you'll become my whatever, like sexual partner or whatever. But then, but then the first like good thing to happen. um, Thank God. There was a guy in the gang, there's a guy in the game gang called Vikram, Vikram Mala, who was also Dalit. Okay. So Vikram, super hot and nice and like from the same cast as her and he like looked out for her Mm. to the point that like one night he shoots and kills the leader of the gang to like save her from him what oh my god and juliet who no exactly exactly so and they like fall in love he's like i don't she's she's whatever 17 he's like 20 it's like an okay Okay. age gap and he's he like gets everyone he's like he loves her he tells the rest of the gang like you know, treat her like your sister, like treat her with oh. kindness. And they did because he was in charge because he just like shot the previous leader. Yeah. <laughs> Vikram, she speaks very, very, very fondly of Vikram oh. in her autobiography. So yeah, here's what I wrote. He was also super hot um, and taught her how to use a rifle and how to be a badass bandit. Nice. He just like gave her these, taught her these skills. Oh. So she became a full member of the gang, like the only like girl member of yeah. the gang. And so she helped out when they like raided villages and stuff. And but it was sort of like um, I don't know if it's her influence or this is what they're up to in the mm-hmm. first place. But it's like righteous justice. Oh, okay. Like they would go to villages and like give money, you know, take money from like the evil guy who's mm-hmm. like stealing from the poor and like give the money back to the poor. And then one night they go to the village where her old man husband <gasps> had lived. They drag him out into the street. She like literally she like beats him up with, yes. with like <laughs> she like smashes his dick. She like stabs yes. him. <laughs> like. 
she does this and then Vikram who mm-hmm. can read and write he yeah. leaves a note pinned to him that says this is what happens to an old man who marries a child <gasps> Vikram man of the year Vikram oh my god I have goosebumps I love Vikram so much team Vikram all the way Vikram no it's just like like thank god he's there right so he um this is just like she's kind of working through her issues the way that she could figure out how to do this but also the reason for the note and like the way that they treated him was just like just to discourage other men from doing Mm. what basically discouraging older men from like marrying little girls yeah again like why literally this is what happens why do you need discouragement from doing that piece of human garbage honestly but this is it so like they're like bandits Mm -hmm. but it's like She's like, it's a Robin Hood vibe. Yes. It very much gives me Robin Hood vibes. I'm here for it. No, exactly. And they're a gang like by this point of like primarily lower caste people who Mm -hmm. are just kind of being like, fuck this world we live in. So they're just like attacking the like higher caste people, stealing their money and stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the gang rules was to always let like when they were attacking somebody or robbing Mm -hmm. somebody, they would be like, hey guess what? I'm Fulan Davy. I'm doing this because this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So like, so their names would spread so people would know to fear them. Love that. Yeah. So they would ensure like the whole village heard it. So like the legend began to spread. So she became very popular mm-hmm. as kind of this like Robin Hood yeah. figure. Um, they called her phrase that translates to beautiful bandit. And she was celebrated even like the mainstream media just for yes. as this kind of Robin Hood figure. Like, they were going around there do stuff like they go to villages where men were selling off young girls into sexual slavery and, like, beat up those men and free the girls. Yes. Like, they would go to places where people were being, like, assaulted and they were, like, beat up the rapists. Like, they were, like, <gasps> doing the I don't even know. I don't even police, know. Like, what the police should have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know. It's, like, the Justice League mixed with Robin Hood <laughs> mixed with just, like, mixed with I don't even know. It's just this. <laughs> yeah. But, but, like, all for, like, reasons that. I support yes. <laughs> entirely. Same. Yeah. And so she was seen, especially among the like lower caste people, as this mm. hero, like this person from them who's doing yeah. this stuff. And this is like this is like 1979, 1980 yeah. when this is happening. Holy cow. So she was seen as um, an incarnation of the Hindu goddess Durga, Ooh. who was a figure who she writes about in her memoir, who she looked up to, who was a fierce, menacing goddess who like destroyed her enemies. Yes. Basically. She was a badass. And she's just like, yeah. And so this is why, like, she had been born Fulan Mala, which mm-hmm. is, like, the last name of everyone yeah. in her caste. But then she oh. became known as Fulan Devi, oh. which means a goddess. Oh. So, so people saw her, like, literally as this reincarnation of this goddess. She started wearing a red bandana on her head, like, because the color red was associated with a goddess. Oh, my God. Here's a quote from her, from her yes. biography. She says, what others called crime, I called justice. Yes. I love that. She's so just, much. like. She's so cool. She's, it's incredible. Like, she's this little girl who's just like, no, like, fuck you. This is my family's land. Like, you're not going to steal my tree. And then she, like, goes through all this shit. And then she grows up. And then she's just like, here's what I'm going to do. Just, like, make justice on my own terms. Because she just has this sense of, like, right and wrong. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I love it. Yeah. So that's where I was, like, the first part is, like, so rough. But I'm, like, hang in there. Like, just wait until (laughs) this gets. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to get better. This is just backstory. (laughs) What's something you learned in history class that you feel wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. I believe that all history, no matter how good or bad, needs to be told. 
There are wars, massacres, battles, and entire historical events that are just not in our school's history books. Have you ever heard of Mary Bowser? I didn't think so. My name is Andre White, the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. So come huddle around the campfire with me and get ready to hear the stories that you were robbed of. And get comfortable. We're going to be here a while. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, but it's going to get worse now. Oh no, God. Okay. <laughs> so... Basically, Vikram's ex, like, guru, his, like, mentor, Bandit, was released from jail. He's a guy called Sri Ram. But he was, like, a higher caste guy. And so they, like, joined the gang. But then the gang fractured again on, like, higher caste and lower caste people. And this ended with, tragically, I'm so sorry, Sri Ram killed Vikram. Vikram! Vikram, no. RIP. To a real one. But he... His influence was so transformational for oh. her. He taught her how to be a bandit. He like loved her. Oh. He like he looked out for her. He made her see that like there were good people in the world. Yeah. And without his protection, um, Sri Ram and the others brought Fulan to this remote village of Bemai, mm-hmm. where she was just kind of trapped in I don't know a room like a hut for like three weeks and just like raped by every man oh, in the village. Dear basically. God. Ooh, if I and they were button, all. I would push that button. Oh my god! Dead. So and they were all like, importantly, like these were all like higher caste men because again, she's like the lower caste, the lower caste woman. She's like sexually, like whatever. Anyway, gets good again. Okay. So she managed to escape. <laughs> she managed to escape, and just because like her legend was so high, and like everyone loved Vikram. Um, so she met like one of Vikram's ex colleagues, mm-hmm. and sort of started her own. Her own gang. Nice. With a new guy whose name is Man Singh, who yes. is also, and there's pictures in her memoir, incredibly hot. Right? I'm just like, what is ha- Like, she deserves these hot men. She does. Supporting her in her life. But it's also just like, really? He's like, <laughs> really hot. We're going to need pictures. I'll mention too, <laughs> pictures are key. But also, I'll say like, fool on herself. She's like teeny tiny. She's so short. She's really cute, really pretty. Aww. Like, she's also, she's also hot as well. But these men, I'm just like... So many shitty men in her life, but these men were both good and supportive and also, like, wildly attractive. So they were effectively on the run, and she's just, like, formulating her plan to, like, get revenge against Sri Ram, who had, like, done this to her, who had killed Vikram, who had, like, 
set her in this hut for it to be attacked. So one year later, she's got her plan all figured out. And so she heard that um, Sri Ram was going to be, and his brother were going to be back in Bemai, the same mm-hmm. village they had taken her to, yeah. um, to attend a wedding. And so she and her gang, Man Singh, everybody, they come up. And she speaks with megaphone and she's just like, bring him to me. Like, where is he? What? I know he's here. I'm Fulan Davy. <laughs> but the villagers were like, oh, he... the villagers are like, he's not here. And he maybe wasn't there. Oh, my God. Anyway, so her gang went from house to house, just like looting, whatever. And then they lined up something like 30 higher caste men from this village who mm-hmm. were like likely the men who had assaulted her. Yeah. Um, they were all lined up along the river. And then 22 of them were shot. Um <gasps> So 20 of them died and two of them survived. Holy and this is partially, so Fulan Davy had said, like Vikram had before told her, it, I tried to find the quote, but I couldn't, yeah. I know I read it somewhere though, that it was like, you know, if you kill one man, you're a murderer. But if you yeah. kill 20, like then you're a legend. And so she <laughs> killed 20 men. I love that logic. And she is a legend. She is. So it's true. Vikram knows his stuff. Vikram was right. So anyway, so- so this is known as the Bemai Massacre. Okay. And it led the like higher caste men from that village to pressure the prime minister to impo- to arrest her. So like she was a warrant was put out for her, but she was at like the height of her fame. She was this like hero of like the lower caste people, like all mm-hmm. the people who weren't thriving in society. And this the fact that now that she was on the run, it just made her more beloved to like women and girls and everybody in the lower castes who just like loved what she was up to. And she was just basically, I'm never going to turn myself in until I know that Sri Ram has been, is dead. And yes. then eventually, like, two years later, she finds out he was killed in some sort of, like, just, like, bar fight or something. It's like he, you know, <sighs> tried to steal some guy's wife and then the guy killed him. Like, he's dead. I'm glad he's dead, but I also feel like it should have been. So- I want her to have. Right. Yeah. I wanted no, her exactly. to get that that satisfaction. Ugh. But so what she does, though, is so she finds out he's been killed and she's like, okay, I will turn myself in, but on her own terms. What? So something happens like this guy comes in who's sort of like a go between for these negotiations for her Mm -hmm. to turn herself in. Mm -hmm. And so she set conditions which were all agreed to. So no death penalty for anyone from her gang. Um, Nobody would be in jail for more than eight years. There'd be no use of handcuffs. They would be imprisoned as a group. What? She chose which prison they would be put in, like a better prison. Um, her family would be given land and a goat and a cow, and her brother got a government job. What? She negotiated the shit out of that. Yeah. And they're like, okay, great. So then she showed up in front of a crowd of like 8,000 people. What? She's wearing her red bandana, her like red like cloak. There's pictures of this. And she just, there's, oh, she was like, I will, and I also want to, surrender in front of a portrait of the goddess Durga so they had that set up for her my, so my she right and, and Man Singh oh it's just like gosh. the it's iconic a behavior a movie it's, okay it does become a movie but I'll tell you about that later oh, okay. okay but it's like it's literally it's just like the sense of like the theater the drama yeah. like the fact that she knows and that she got all of these things like incredible incredible work for this like low cast like yeah. woman how like unmarried women in the situations. No, like, exactly. She never knew what a book was. I know. That's <laughs> what I just keep going back to. She didn't even know what a book was. And yet she's like, listen, we're going to go full Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to have a big giant poster of this goddess that people think I'm the reincarnation of. Going to wear my red bandana. 8,000 people are going to be there. Yeah. No big deal. It's just the pageantry, the drama. 
the bandit realness. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I was continue. <laughs> no, no, it's amazing. And it's just, that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's like she grew up in this place where like she didn't know that the country of India existed yeah. because she's just in this small town. But even that she had this sense of like right and wrong yeah. and like this rebellious spirit and mm-hmm. this like sensibility. Yeah. So like she just, she just like, this was all just in her. She just like <sighs> naturally just knew how to do all this. I stuff. love that. Coma and it gets bad again. Shit. So, um, so there was a promise that she would not that no one would spend more than eight years in prison and all of her gang members were like released after eight years but she was still in jail because they were being like there's a problem with the paperwork we can't like bring you to trial because like bureaucracy whatever oh my god so she's just like in jail they kept delaying her trial so she ends up being in jail while she's there she ends up she gets tuberculosis she gets a stomach tumor so she's goes to the hospital she gets treatment um which seems to possibly have included a non-consensual hysterectomy what because they were like we don't want we don't want full on date we don't want more full on davies in the world you would be so lucky so i mean right the whole world would be so lucky yeah so she's still in jail just kind of being like i guess i'm here now um for 10 years and then she got a visit from a member of um, a political party Mm -hmm. i'm gonna try to say this okay it's a samajwadi party i don't i'm not sure if they're still this is why i don't do like 20th century history in my Mm -hmm. podcast because i don't know the current yeah what's going on in india politics so i can't (laughs) at this point that party was in control of the government and they were like a socialist party mm-hmm. that wanted the voices of the disenfranchised yeah. to be heard. And so they were like, if you agree to join us and like run for parliament, <laughs> we will get you out of jail. And she's like, I am illiterate and a bandit and I don't know anything and I don't know what a book is, but okay. Listen, by the way, um, <laughs> but I'll she's like, run for parliament. Cool. cool she's cool. like, okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. And like in a country that's like extremely like patriarchal and women aren't respected, yeah. but she's like, okay. Um, so the same year. So she was released from jail, um, 1994. And this is where the movie comes in. But it's like, I want to say like, no one should watch this movie. Okay. Because Fulan Devi herself was like, she like protested the movie. <gasps> so the, the movie was based on a biography someone else had written about her. What? It premiered at the Cannes Film Festival, mm-hmm. but like the directors and everyone involved were like higher cast people. Mm-hmm. And they were really so Fulan, she was like, Well, if you put do the movie, like you shouldn't include any of the rape scenes, like because that would be distressing to people yeah, right. like me who warning. who should see my story and should learn about it. And they're yeah. like, mm, no, we're gonna put in the rape scenes and we're gonna make them sexy. <gasps> so no. Yeah. Oh, so she God. tried to block the release of the film in India just saying like this isn't her real story this makes her look too much like a victim but like she couldn't stop them she was like what could she do which is part of why two years later her autobiography comes out in her words telling her own story and that's why there's like so much information about her but i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm just gonna go with this this is what how she tells her story i'm gonna trust her yeah like this is the story it's like with you know the pamela anderson biography that just came out it's like that it's like how pamela anderson was like how dare you do this movie the pam and tommy story yeah. like they didn't ask without her consent. they didn't check yeah. anything she didn't review any of the footage i don't think and then they just put it out there and they made all this money off of poor pam yeah Ugh. it's it's a really similar thing to me in this situation because fulan davy then she reclaims her own story like Good. with her her memoir which is awesomely called i fulan davy yes and so it's just telling her story in her own words it's actually it's like 
it was translated into all kinds of languages. Mm. I read it in English, obviously, but it's like really readable and really you just like you feel like you're there with her because it's just like someone talking to you because she doesn't write. Yeah. Like, this is I don't wrote down her words. And she was elected as a member of parliament. So her campaign was based on she wanted to uh, support and to help with for women's rights and to provide better mm. amenities for the poor. Um, she said, I want to bring hospitals, schools, electricity, and clean water to the poor and the villages mm-hmm. to stop child marriage and to improve life for women. I think she also started arranging like self-defense course for courses for like the Dalit people. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that she had like such a shitty situation in her life and she's like, I want to improve this for other people. Oh. She wasn't just like, I'm good now. Yeah. She's like, my life's mission is like to improve the lives of my fellow people. Yeah, so this is like the political version of like stapling a note to a guy being like, don't marry children. (laughs) Right. Like like her bandit career and her political career were both just like, let's make things better for people like me. The less illegal version of stapling a note to a dead body. It was fine. (laughs) She's like, okay, okay, this is how you do it. Okay. She did get married again to a man called Umed Singh, who was also involved in this political party. Mm And together they switched, like, they, the whole culture that they were, was Hindu, the religion, and then they switched to Buddhism mm. because Buddhism, the caste system is not part of that. So it's a way to try to, like, everyone's a bit more equal. They can try to evade that a bit. And then, tragically. Oh, no. So at this point, she's, like, in her 30s. Mm-hmm. She's been elected twice to parliament. Mm. And then July 25th, 2001, she's 37 years old, and she was assassinated. What? Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Who would want to kill her? Well, probably a lot of people, actually. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) dumb question. The person who was arrested for killing her claimed that it was um, in revenge for the Bemai massacre. I think he had, like, some sort of um, connection to someone who lived there. Like, he was, like, a higher caste person. But oh she gosh. she was with her bodyguard. Like, she had a bodyguard with her because she was – She had enemies. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. When, she, when she died, all business of the House of Parliament was adjourned for two days. And there was a funeral. Like, everybody oh. – like, she was celebrated by so many people, by, like, all the mm-hmm. lower caste people and, like, women and everybody who looked up for her as this, like, change agent, this, like, reincarnation of this goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then – and that's what's so wild. Like, I feel like this is a story that takes place in, like, 1700s, but it's, like, super right? recent to the point that, like, on YouTube, there's, like, videos of her talking. Like, you can see. That's so crazy. Like, 2001. It's wild. And that's. That's I mean, bananas. I was, when you were talking about her story happening in the 60s, I forgot about it. And then when you said she pulled out a microphone and was like, hey, or a megaphone, it was like, hey, where's this guy? I was like, oh, shit. Okay. Nope. Yeah. We're, we're in the time where megaphones are available. No, we are exactly. not in the 1500s, 1600s, whatever. No, right. Like this is like, so her bandit career was like 1978 to 1981. It was like something like that. It's like when you think about, I don't know, you're like Greece was coming out, like disco was happening. Yeah. It's like yeah. Studio 54. Studio 54 was going, yes, that's what I was just thinking. Studio yeah. 54 was happening. Meanwhile, this poor woman doesn't know what a book is doesn't yeah. even know that india is a country yeah doesn't know like how far the like borders of the country go yeah she's just like so that's the story i'm so happy to share it here because i just like i the more i learned i was just like people need to know the story because i was like i'm gonna yeah. read all the books about her and listen to all the podcasts and i'm like there's like nothing there's like her biography there's a couple there's a graphic novel that came out recently that's really good it uses oh. a lot of, like text from her actual okay. memoir that's really good but there's like yeah. so little about her 
just that I know, like Western English language. Hopefully, I would imagine in India, I'm sure she's remembered. But it is a tragedy that more people don't know about her, at least in the West. I think the significance of what she meant to people just as this hero from the like, like as she described, it's like, you know, like a stray dog got more respect than she did. Like she just had like no privileges, like no advantages in life, like every disadvantage. And she was just like, fuck the system. Like, I'm going to like improve things for other people. And I'm sure she did. You know, like there's probably some child marriages that didn't happen because she like stapled the sign to the guy. I really like that she was such a morally righteous person and just a good Mm. person, even though she wasn't well educated. I feel like that's often kind of it goes hand in hand. Like they were well-educated and they were really great. Like they saw because of all of their education, they saw how bad things were. No, she wasn't an educated person, but she saw anyways that, Hey, this is a little bit fucked up. Like, let's not have this anymore. You don't have to be a super educated person to be a good person, to be a smart person, to be a to be like person. effective and to like be co- confident yeah. in your ideals and like to develop your own like philosophy yeah. of how you think the world should be. Like I just love thinking of her yeah. as this little ten year old girl who's just like, no, fuck this! Like you stole my father's land. I'm gonna sit here and eat yeah. these chickpeas. Like, and that's her attitude for her <laughs> whole life. She's just like, that's fucked up, and I'm not gonna take it. We could all use a little bit of Fulan in our lives. Channel your inner Fulan. That that's gonna be my 2023 yeah. motto. Channel my mm-hmm. Fulan. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, thank you, Anne. That was such a oh. good story. I love her so much. I really appreciate it. So if people want to hear more about your vulgar history, your podcast, where can people find you? So Vulgar History of the Podcast, you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And then I have, I'm on Instagram. That's where I'm most active lately. So just at Vulgar History Pod on Instagram. And then I have a TikTok at Vulgar History. And um, you can also go to vulgarhistory.com. There's like a thing there if you want to. The reason that I first heard about her was because I'm always asking my listeners, I'm like, who should I talk about on the podcast? And someone from like an Indian person was like, Fulan Devi, the bandit queen. This was like two years ago. And ever since then, I've just been like, I want to do this story, but it just like didn't fit on my podcast. Yeah, so I'm right. like, saving it for like a special mm-hmm. time. And this was the perfect opportunity. So yeah, if people know about like unknown, <laughs> it's you. Thank you. But yeah, if people know like lesser known figures from their history, like yeah, hit me up. Like vulgarhistory.com is a contact me form. Like I want to know about these people so I can tell yeah. other people so we can all celebrate these people. Exactly. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so fun. Thank you for the opportunity. You're so welcome. Well, dear one, thank you so much for joining Anne and I today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Anne is just an absolute fascinating human being. And Fulon Davy, oh my gosh, maybe my new favorite person. And I hope you bring some Fulon Davy energy into your daily life. Don't kill people. Murder is not good, but that sense of justice, that sense of righteousness, sit in that field that you own and eat your chickpeas. <laughs> if you did enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it with your other history BFF or somebody that you know, airdrop it to a stranger, anything helps. 
You can also consider leaving a rating or review, which helps the algorithm gods know that other history lovers might like For the Love of History podcast. And if you would like, you can head on over to the show notes and check out the new For the Love of History merch. Season 5 merch is out. It's very cute. It's my favorite, uh, if I do say so myself. And I do. <laughs> If you'd like to support the podcast in other ways, you can head on over to Patreon, become a patron. We're doing some fun stuff, especially after the bunch of Mar- M- bunch of Marth. <laughs> oh my gosh. Month of March. New things will be going on and happening. I'll have lots more time to create new content for uh, Patreon. But none of that is necessary. I'm just happy that you're here. Thank you for spending your time with me. I am so excited to travel the world with you this month for Women's History Month. And before I let you go, remember to do something kind for yourself. Give yourself a hug. Drink some water right now. And I will see you next week. Okay? Okay. We're going to talk about some tattoo history. I'm so excited. Okay. See you later. Bye. Why is there a metronome right now? Oh, okay. <laughs>